You're listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. The views and opinions shared on this program don't necessarily reflect those of Citywide Home Loans. Citywide Home Loans, LLC, NMLS 67180. David Hosterman, NMLS 220562. Jonathan Edwards, NMLS 671258. Equal housing lender. Regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Call for additional cost information. Program qualifications and offerings are subject to change at any time. Not all that apply will qualify. Other restrictions may apply. Good morning and welcome to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. I'm Jonathan Edwards with the Hosterman team at Citywide Home Loans. Joining me in the studio today, we have our MVP guest host, Rick Culp, Director and of Training and Development at Brokers Guild Real Estate. This is the show that brings you today's most relevant real estate insights and experiences from the industry's most dedicated players. Today, we are going to kick off the show with a veteran of Denver real estate. Rick, thanks so much for joining me on the show again. If you want to know what a buyer's market looks like, we are going to discuss that today. Stay tuned and take it all in. Stay tuned also for a triple play of Denver's hottest listings. And a quick disclaimer that Citywide Home Loans and Brokers Guild Real Estate are not affiliated entities. Listeners are not required to use either participant to work with the other participant. Rick, thanks for coming on the show again. Hey, thank you for having me. Yep. Rick's been on the show a couple times with us before. Love having Rick on the show. Rick does uh, training and mentoring with Brokers Guild Real Estate. Rick, tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Brokers Guild. So, um, you know, Brokers Guild is a large uh, local brokerage firm here in the Denver metro area. It was originally Cherry Creek. I think it was Cherry Creek Realty at one time. Yep. And we have over a thousand agents and we have a lot of new brokers that come into the office. And so what I do is I work with our new brokers, training, mentoring them, kind of helping them get their real estate career off to a good start. Which is great. When you are just getting into real estate, yes, you have just passed the test, right, Rick? And there's a lot that goes into that test. There, you basically, the test helps you. Uh, you go to real estate school to pass the test, but yeah. there's no practical application to actually doing the business. So once you get out of real estate school, you're probably just a, um, a deer in the headlights at that point. You're looking for some direction, some guidance, and that's what I provide. That makes sense. Okay. Um, so you go through the test, you know, kind of the basics and stuff like that. But that, that contract is, what, up to 18 pages it, long now? It's one of the longest in the country. And you're talking about, in some cases, millions, half-million-dollar transactions with an 18-page contract. Um, you got to get that right, don't you? Yeah, it's easy to make a mistake. Um, and I've looked at literally thousands of contracts in my career. Some are well-written. Some are not well-written. And um, it's critical. To not make mistakes. There's some big mistakes. Over the years, we've been doing the radio show for five, six years. We've had Luis Gonzalez on the show a number of times. In fact, we used to do a show with Luis. He's the principal broker there at Brokers Guild. And uh, there are, are a lot of mistakes made. And I'm not just saying at Brokers Guild. I'm saying throughout the industry itself. Uh, in, in what may seem like a little mistake can turn into a pretty big mistake, can it? It definitely can. It may seem small at the time, but it could be the difference in perhaps if the transaction doesn't close, the buyers could lose their earnest money. Right. I mean, it just, it's, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's important stuff. So it's really nice, um, you know, if you're thinking about being a real estate agent or getting into real estate, one of the things I would highly recommend is that you're working with a brokerage that has a good mentoring program, that has a training program, like what they've got over at Brokers Guild. Rick, how long have you been in real estate? I've been in real estate for 28 years now. 28 years. So so Rick knows the ins and outs. And you're a big producer, Rick. You were back in the day. I don't think you're doing quite as much real estate today. But what that means is that you've seen a lot of different transactions, a lot of different situations, and a lot of different contracts. You have that experience that new agents need. And not only new agents, but also clients. If you're out there thinking about buying or selling a home, 28 years of experience in the Denver market goes a long way. Yeah, you know, it, it's not that um, uh, I'm a genius as far as the business goes. It's just that I've had a lot of practical application. You know, I've learned. From <laughs> You've the, been through the ringer a few times. You go through the school of hard knocks, and that's yeah. how you learn in this business. Yeah, absolutely. Rick, the market's changing a little bit, so we're going to get started here. I want to talk, before we dive too deep into a buyer's market itself, I want to talk about what you're seeing out there. So you do your own real estate, but you also help out new agents and, and even some experienced agents as well when they have questions or they might need help with a property. What are you seeing in the market today that that is different maybe than what we were seeing in the market a year ago? Well, basically, what's... Um, what's happening now, the changes that we're seeing are pretty much based on interest rates, okay? Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of interest rates, uh, a lot of hikes recently. As you know, the feds have been raising rates, have done it several times this year. And the last time we had a little bit of a correction in the market, it was kind of predicated by maybe some bad loans that had been put out there. Uh, now it's not, that's not the case. The loans have been fine, but rates have slowed the market down. We've seen inventory levels increase dramatically. Since January, our inventories are uh, is up 500%. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, just since January. That's a huge increase. So we're not seeing the multiple offers. We're not seeing people overbidding, overpaying. As a matter of fact, we're seeing homes sitting on the market for weeks at a time and actually sellers offering concessions and price reductions. Not seeing too many appraisal gaps right now, are you? No, not seeing that at all. <laughs> uh, the the market certainly is shifting, and, and we have seen that as well on the lending side. You mentioned interest rates. Well, w- what has happened is that inflation has gone up dramatically um, as a result of a number of different things. But one of the tools that the Fed has, probably their best tool to fight inflation, is to slow the economy, and you do that by raising interest rates. And so that's what we've seen from an interest rate standpoint is the Federal Reserve has had to raise interest rates, what we call the Fed funds rate, which is the rate in which banks charge each other to borrow money, which is a correlation in mortgage rates. And the 10-year treasury is really what we look at there. Those rates have gone up. And so mortgage rates have gone up as well. Um, And that's probably going to be the case for a while. I, I think you're going to see rates um, at least where we are right now, and I think there's a good chance you see those rates continue to rise when you have a slowdown in the market like we've seen, Rick, with all this extra inventory and homes sitting on the market longer, uh, that benefits buyers, doesn't it? it? It benefits buyers, but in the long run, this this slowdown is actually healthy for our market. We needed this. Buyers were in a position where they were rushing into homes way too fast, because they didn't have many options, and I, I hate to say it, but in many cases, overpaying for homes. Now we have a, a little bit more neutral market. 
buyers can take their time, not feel this pressure. Yeah, rates are a little bit higher, but um, that's something that we'll learn to adjust with, you know. And so I just think in the, in the long run, this will be a healthier market for everybody. And so uh, when you're seeing the offers that are being put in um, on homes now, you had said, you know, a year ago you were seeing multiple offers over the list price and stuff like that. So are you seeing offers coming in at list price or are you even seeing people, um, you know, going in under the list no, price I'm, right now? Well, it's kind of a two-edged sword. There are still a lot of sellers that can't accept the fact that the market has shifted like it has. Yeah. So if you start out by overpricing your home, you are going to have to drop it to sell it. It just, it's not going to work. But if you price your home pretty much at market levels, we're seeing that buyers are probably willing to pay you close to asking price, but they are asking for concessions, such as uh, like a 2-1 buy-down program that a lender might offer. Maybe you would want to uh, offer some insight into what that is, but well, we are seeing sure. we are seeing some some seller concessions out there that we have not been seeing in the past. So um, I, I was talking to an agent the other day that had just gotten out of a listing appointment. A listing appointment is where uh, the agent meets with a client who's thinking about selling their home to talk about. Um, you know, the value of the home, what they want to list it at, what their strategies are going to be and stuff like that. Um, and she had pulled comps, which great agents will pull comparables in the neighborhood to get a feel for what the value of the property is and, and talk about what you should list it for. The client was dead set that they thought that they sh- should list their price for $150,000 more than what the car- comparables suggest. And this is not that market anymore. I mean, I think a year ago, you could probably do something crazy like that. Um, even that would have been pushing it a year ago. Uh, but I think if you own a home and you think it's worth something, Rick, I think it's really important to talk to an appraiser or a real estate agent, probably a real estate agent, so you don't have to pay them for the conversation, but to pull some comparables to get a feel for what the value of your house may actually be today, not what you heard it was six, nine, 12 months ago. Well, so we've had a scenario in the last couple of years where the buyers were chasing the market. The buyers are trying to find a house, and they're chasing the market. It's flip-flopped. If you overprice your home, you're going to be chasing the market, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, instead of having the market chase you. And obviously, that is not the best situation. So it's essential if you're out there and you are a seller. We'll talk a little bit more about this later in the show. Make sure you're pricing your home right. To Rick's point, you you really cannot overprice your home right now. I, I would say that the market is still the market if you underprice a little bit odds are you'll get a little bit more action on the property and maybe even get a, get it to bid up a little bit. But I think it, it could be devastating to overprice your list price at this point. Especially at this time of the year. I mean, we know that the winter is just around the corner. You do not want to be carrying a listing through the winter, dropping price at that point. Um, you're much better off to price it at market value to start with, get close to full asking price. So one of the things you had mentioned as well, Rick, is the 2-1 buy-down. And you and I have been talking quite a bit about this lately. And a 2-1 buy-down for our clients, if you're not familiar with the term, is where, Rick, I think I heard yesterday, or no, I saw in one of my emails yesterday, the national average for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage yesterday was 7.07%. So if rates are at 7% and you get under contract on a property today and you do a 2-1 buy-down, what happens is that the buyer is going to pay a principal and interest payment of 2% less than 
the interest rate that they locked in when they when they got it. So again, if that's seven percent for the first year, they're going to pay five percent. For the second year, they're going to pay principal and interest payment of six percent. And then years three through thirty, you're you're at that seven percent. But what it does is it saves the buyer some interest. They're not paying the interest on the lesser amount during that first two years, and it allows them to ease into the payment a little bit. Now the seller, Rick, is the one that is going to cover the charges for this. And typically it's going to come in the form of a seller concession for the amount of interest that the buyer's not paying in that first two years, right? Absolutely. And you know, um, I think it's a great program that lenders offer that. If, if, if you're a seller and you've got your house on the market and you get an offer and it's full price or close to it, and they're asking for a concession, it's most likely to buy the interest rate down right now. Yeah. Because the consumer is just not quite wrap their mind around this high rate and have the ability to save all that interest for the first couple of years. And then and by the third year, when the full uh, note rate kicks in, maybe there's an opportunity that they could refinance and rates have gone down by then. Who knows where rates are going to be in two years, Rick? But that's a great point. Yep, they may have dropped enough to, to where it makes sense to refinance at that point. You are listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report on ESPN Radio 1600. Check out past episodes on our podcast at 1043thefan.com. For mortgage questions and information, give us a call at 303-921-5747. If you would like to get in touch with Rick Kalp with Brokers Guild Real Estate to discuss buying or selling your next home, Rick, what's the best phone number for you? 303-995-4788. Once again, 303-995-4788. Rick, I've got some great listings this week for our hot listings portion of the show. First one is Fung Smith with Brokers Guild Real Estate. This one's at 3865 West 63rd Avenue in Arvada. It's on the market at $525,000. Beautiful home. Looking at the picture right now, this is really a great one. Uh, Square footage over 2,000, four-bed, three-bath home. If you would like some more information on this property, reach out to Fung Smith with Brokers Guild at 720-327-2500. Next one I've got is Beth Ann Demeter with Cell State Realty Pros. Excellent group over there with Michael London. And this one is at 24 Pin Oak Drive in Littleton on the market at 1,150,000, over 3,700 square feet, a five-bed, four-bath beauty of a home. If you'd like some more information on this great property in Littleton, reach out to Beth Ann Debener with Cell State Realty Pros at 720-320-1150. And finally, Alvita Ahmad with Brokers Guild Real Estate has another really nice listing here at 6047 South Qatar Way in Aurora. This one's on the market at $605,900, over 2,400 square feet. Another five-bed, four-bath, beautiful home with mountain views. Give Alvita a call at 303-638-3492. Rick. In keeping with the 2-1 buy-down chat, um, 
one of the other options that you're seeing, you and I had talked about this the other day, is sellers contributing concessions simply being used just to buy down the actual interest rate. So not in the form of a 2-1 buy down, but actually just using those funds to buy down maybe from that 7% rate uh, to 6.875 or 6.75 or even 6.5 maybe um, for the for the loan itself. Um, you think we're going to start to see more and more of those seller concessions coming for buyers? I do. As long as the rates are, are staying, uh, you know, in the range that they are now and our inventory levels are higher and homes are moving a little bit slower, I think that we're going to see buyers continue to ask for that. You know, it's if they can get it, they're going to ask for it. Okay, and 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 my consensus right now is that sellers are willing to to help with that. And so, if you're not familiar, seller concessions are where the the sellers um, the, contribute towards the buyers' closing costs and prepaid items. It cannot be used to. Um, to decrease the amount of the down payment or go towards the down payment at all, but it can be used towards like buying down the interest rate uh, towards the general closing costs, the title costs, the um, the lender costs, the escrow, prepaid items, HOA type fees. That kind of stuff can be covered uh, by the seller through a seller concession. So this is a strategy that we have seen over the last few years, Rick, but we hadn't seen a lot of it. I think you're going to start to see more and more of that, more and more closing costs being covered by the seller. Uh, would not be surprised at all. Now, another thing we may see concessions for, Rick, is what about inspection and inspection items? Talk a little bit about maybe what we saw with inspections a year or two ago and how that might start to change as, as the market shifts to a buyer's market. Unfortunately, the last couple of years, a lot of buyers were actually waiving inspections just to get a property. It was inventory was that tight. We're going to buy this house as is. We don't care what's wrong with it. We'll fix it down the road. We want to buy this house. But but that has changed. And so now we are going to see buyers doing full inspections. We're going to see them um, asking for repairs yeah. and expecting them or yeah. at least a credit in lieu of repairs. And the credit can and typically does come in the form of a seller concession, right? It does. Sellers are going to contribute towards the buyer's closing costs or something like that to offset that that amount. Yeah, sometimes a, a buyer might submit a laundry list of items, and the seller may not even be living in the home. And right. they're like, what's it going to cost me to make this go away? Right, right. Yep. Um, so, you know, let's use an example here, Rick. Let's say uh, you get the inspection report back You and the, your clients walk through the home with the inspector and he kind of shows them. And, and it's important to note that inspector's job is to really kind of pull the place apart and expose it to the buyers but not necessarily to scare them. And if you're buying a 25-year-old home, I think it's important to note everything is not brand new in this home. No, and this is where the buyer's agent needs to really educate his buyers, okay? The inspector's job is to go in there and tell the buyer, look, here's some deferred maintenance that you may have to take care of. It isn't their job to tell the buyer, you need to ask the seller for these repairs. The inspection is between the buyer and the seller to dis- between the two to negotiate what they're willing to do for each other. Uh, but once again, like I said, if you are a seller or thinking of listing your home or you currently have your home on the market, there is a high chance that the, the buyers are going to be asking for stuff. 
Yeah, and some. what are some common things that you might see, Rick, that you might ask for on an inspection? Right. Like sewer lines or uh, what about like paint and carpet? Is that more cosmetic that's, and should they not be asking for that kind of stuff? That's cosmetic. If the house needs to be painted, if it needs carpet, you should take that into consideration when you make the offer. Okay. But what we do, the primary focus that you want to look at are the big ticket items, roof, sewer, furnace. AC unit, hot water heater, and structure. Yep. Those are the items that can cost money, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And quite frequently, we see buyers go into older homes, and the sellers, the house is 20 years old. The seller has never replaced the water heater. They've yeah. never replaced the AC. Yep. They've never replaced the furnace. And the inspector is going to tell the buyer that these items are past their useful life cycle. Right. So that's when a negotiation starts. Yep. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, so keep an eye out for some of those changes that you might start to see with inspections, whether you're on the buy side or the sell side, uh, but definitely some shifts in that. Um, do you think that buyers now have a little bit more wiggle room um, as it comes to those inspections and what they can ask for? Um, maybe not wiggle, maybe wiggle room is not the right word, but certainly a year or two ago, we were seeing major health and safety issues or big ticket items. Start to see a little bit more nitpicky stuff than that. Yeah, and, and, and the other thing, too, is disclosure. Okay, so if you are a seller and you are not wanting to fix um, a sewer repair that needs to be made or there is repair that needs to be made to the furnace or your sprinkler system doesn't work, your AC isn't cooling properly, you can decide, I'm not going to repair those items. The buyer can get out of the transaction, and you go to the next buyer. Yeah. But you now have a disclosure that you have to disclose those known adverse material yeah. facts to the next buyer. So you might as well go ahead and deal with it now instead of later. Yeah, I, I would agree with you entirely. I think that's great advice, Rick. Um, what do sellers need to do as a little bit of a of a shift in mindset today that they may not have had to think about so much two, three, four, five years ago when they sold their last home. What about like, do, do sellers need to do more to prep their home today? I think so. I think that I've, I've heard from many buyers, agents the last few years that they've gone into homes that haven't had much done because the seller could get away with it. But yeah. I think if you're going to put your house on the market, especially if you want to price it towards the top of the market now, you need to go in and if it's not um, properly staged, especially if you have a vacant property, you might consider staging. There are actually virtual staging programs now where you can stage a home virtually. And it's a really nice, inexpensive way to get your house out there looking like it's in top condition. That's cool. That's some technological uh, advancement there, Rick. Um, online or virtual uh, staging programs. That's an, that's an interesting concept. Uh, what about curb appeal? Um, we used to talk about years ago about the importance of curb appeal when you pull up to the property. What's the initial gut feeling that the buyer gets when they pull up to it? And this is a buyer that has multiple options. Now, the last couple of years, I don't think curb appeal really played much part in it. If it was in the right location and it was it had good enough bones, they were going to put an offer and try to purchase the property. Are you talking to your sellers now more about curb appeal? What does it look like when they pull up to the property? I think so. Uh, I think buyers have more options now. And so they're going to be looking at other homes that do have curb appeal. And if yours doesn't, it's going to affect your, you know, your ability to get the price that you want.
You are listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report on ESPN Radio 1600. Check out past episodes on our podcast at 1043thefan.com. For mortgage questions and information, give us a call at 303-921-5747. And if you would like to get in touch with Rick Kopp with Brokers Guild Real Estate to discuss buying or selling your next home, Rick can be reached at 303 995 Four seven eight eight, Rick. We're gonna shift gears a little bit here. We, I think we got the real estate stuff behind us. Let's talk sports. After all, this is ESPN Denver uh, sixteen hundred. This is a great time of year for sports. What do you get most excited about for sports? Well, I'm not. You know, I'm not one to watch a lot of baseball games during the regular season, but all the playoffs are starting now. I love playoff baseball, yeah, but you're right. I don't really watch many games during the season. It's 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 a long it's uh, a baseball game's a long a long time. <laughs> it it's three 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 hours, uh, but but it's a lot of fun to watch the excitement of baseball playoffs. Of course, now we're into football. Um, the Nuggets are in their preseason. The Avalanche are in their preseason. Uh, so um, you know, it's it's a good time. Uh, for sport, college football is in midseason. Yeah, uh, it's just a great time right now for sports. College football has been very exciting this year. Um, I, I, you know, you've got the NFL uh, with with some very interesting. I mean, I think the the Broncos are, uh, you know, a little <laughs> all over the place, but uh, but I mean, interesting to watch. We'll see how that plays out. It's still early in the season. They still have time to turn some things around. Uh, they certainly have some really good players on their team, uh, but I think they need to, to do some things to pull it all together. Wouldn't you agree? You, yeah, you know, um, there's no doubt in the NFL that the quarterback is obviously the, the one of the key, if not the key player on the team. Right. And we have a new quarterback learning kind of a new system. Yep. We have a new coach implementing the new system. So, obviously, you're going to start out, and, and of course, you know, um, uh, Denver is a football crazy town yeah and we have high expectations here <laughs> and so far let's face it our defense has looked very solid yeah. with the exception of one game the offense has been a disappointment but but now that we have a 17 game schedule we're only five games in there's still a lot of season left and the broncos have time to obviously reverse the, the path you know yeah absolutely the eagles are undefeated uh the bills are doing well which they were sort of expected to do anyway um, the, the, all the controversy around Tua is, is kind of interesting as well. I mean, I think that's, uh, you know, you watch those hits and what happened to him and you, you hope he comes back and he's okay. And he's the same guy that he was before, but, um, that's a lot of trauma, I think, it to is, the head. I, so I think for a young NFL guy like that, really taking a close look at this concussion protocol, which they, which they need to, and they, they certainly should. So. Um, yeah, some some great stuff going on in college football. Syracuse Orange, where I'm from, they're undefeated as well. Um, so it, it, sports is at a great time of year right now, in my opinion. Uh, Rick, we've got just about another minute here. Um, any last-minute thoughts for our audience, uh, folks that maybe are thinking about how about somebody that had been thinking over the last couple of years that they might want to buy a home, they've never purchased one before, and now they hear that interest rates have gone up pretty dramatically. What advice do you have for, for that person? You know, I still think that home ownership is um, is fantastic. I mean, let's face it. If we look at the ways that people accumulate wealth, the average working 
class, middle class person, it's usually through real estate. It's through home ownership. Yep. And we still have our mortgage rate interest deduction that's powerful as far as taxes go. I think I think it's a great way uh, to accumulate um, some some net worth. I would definitely consider stepping into the market right now. I would not let the interest rate scare me off. When I got into the market 28 years ago, rates were eight and a half percent. Now I'll admit house housing prices were a lot less. But like you mentioned, we have two one buy down programs that can be beneficial. Uh, prices are softening up a little bit. Great, what was great- the interest rate on your first home, Rick? Do you remember? I think it was around eight or eight or eight and a half percent. So I've talked to some people that have had interest rates, and I want to say late seventies, early eighties, maybe time period, uh, where they had interest rates in the teens. Oh, they were 16, 15, 16, 16 17 percent. Um, so seven percent is high, but it's high relative to what we've been used to over the last ten, fifteen years. Certainly after the last couple of years, but seven percent is still not a terrible interest rate. And to your point, values are much higher today. I do think you're going to start to see a correction in values, and I think we're already starting to see that. Um, And so as values come down, yes, interest rates are going up. At the end of the day, you're paying your mortgage, and you're not paying somebody else's mortgage, right? This is true. And you don't buy a home for an interest rate. You buy a home because it makes sense for you and your family or your investment strategy. Um, So, you know, I mean, I think – Take it all with a grain of salt. Understand that rates are higher than they were a few years ago. I would also understand that I don't think rates are going to probably go down again anytime real soon. And if they do, I don't know that we'll see them as low as we saw them, uh, you know, last year and the year before that. What do you think? I, I agree. And, you know, the home buying process should not be as stressful as it has been the last few years. That's very true. When you are rushing into a home and you already told up front there's a half dozen offers on the home, and you feel all this pressure to have to put an offer together, yep. increase the offer. You don't have that situation. Now you can go out, meet your broker, relax, take a deep breath, look at some properties, find something that you're actually excited about. You've got time to think about it, put, structure the offer that you want. I think it's a much better situation. Rick, thanks so much for joining me on the show again. Great advice from Rick Kalp with Brokers Guild Real Estate. If you'd like to get in touch with Rick to uh, talk about buying or selling your next home, Rick can be reached at 303-995-4788. Thank you for tuning in to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. If you have a question about financing for your next home or refinancing a current mortgage, give us a call at 303 921 Five seven four seven. Don't miss next week's show right here on ESPN Denver sixteen hundred every Saturday at seven a.m. You can find past episodes on our podcast at one zero four three thefan dot com.